What's up? You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack. We're out here in Los Angeles with the band Thulsa Doom. And yeah, what's your name and what do you do in the band? Leora. I am the vocalist. Simon. And I am the guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> and some vocals. On the new all, tracks. All the other vocals. Except for fucking both human. The reason why is because when Both Human was recorded, I hadn't gone through puberty and I couldn't sing. True. And I had a, a, a voice of a woman. When uh, I got a phone call, <laughs> they would say, oh, is this Helen? Which is my mom's name. I'm like, no. <laughs> and this is her son, Simon. And therefore, I was deemed... <laughs> inadequate. Inadequate, yeah. For, for, male for, for male vocals. But now I can do them. That sounds like an interesting title. When did you guys start? We started when I was um, <laughs> but a boy of... We lad. Yeah, uh, uh, 14, uh, 13, like, we we conceived 90, of the group. 97-ish? The end of 97? In 97. Is it con- conceptualized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was in a band uh, called The Mishaps. It was fucking awesome. And uh, I was in a band called Social Disease that was not awesome. In fact, we played one show, and then I went to camp. And then I came back from camp, and the singer of my band had been deported to Venezuela. And <laughs> had no band. <laughs> and then I went to high school, and uh, and Leora was like... Well, Mishaps lost our guitar player. so uh, Why? Why? Because he went to a football game instead of coming to a gig, so he was out. Right. So we lost a guitar player, and so we were like, oh, well, let's see if we can keep it going. How did you know I was a good guitar player? Johnny G. Okay. So Johnny G told her, I guess. Johnny G. We're going to full credit for forming Pulse of Doom. Yeah. You guys started this band in what year? Uh, the, we con- the concept was conceptualized around 97. I guess we played our first gig in 98. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember she came up to me at CBGB's at a distraught show and, uh, said, hey, do you want to... Well, first, she wanted me to join yeah, the Mishaps. Yeah, I wanted you to join the Mishaps because I was trying to keep that going because we had momentum. We had recorded a demo. We were ready to fucking record a full length, and we were, we needed a guitar player. But then I was I moved to Jersey City. Everyone and the lights move. just died over here. <laughs> it's all right. We're in the no, darkness. There we go. So I moved to Jersey City with my boyfriend at the time, and so it was hard for me to keep mishaps going. So I got together with Simon, and I was like, all right, well, let's start something else. And I had some stuff that I brought with me. I was playing bass. Simon was playing guitar. We both had material that we brought to the table. I had a bunch of lyrics written already. We asked our friend JJ to come in and sing for us. And we had Mike playing rhythm guitar. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Mike was playing rhythm guitar. That's weird. Yeah. And, And JJ, well, JJ wasn't, she wasn't executing the lyrics the way I had written them. So we were in rehearsals or practices or like in the early, you know, early practices of like writing songs. And I was trying to show her how the lyrics should go when the guys were just like, hey, why don't you just sing? Mike can play bass. Right. And then that was kind of like when I realized I could also write 
music. And then I came in with two songs, which were both human. And I mean, it wasn't called both human. It was just like chords, always getting ready. And these two songs. Look at the last songs. The first songs you came up with were fucking money. Was like oh money, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like the early shit. Well, those were like filth riffs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was like a. I remember like. And there was a bunch of songs that never got recorded that we we canned. Yeah, those songs sucked. <laughs> They're um, about posers. <laughs> yeah. And, and then here we are. Here we are again. Here we are, writing about posers. 15 years later, writing about posers. And learning about the band's history. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the name Tulsa Doom come about? Well, we, we we wrote a bunch of songs, and we got our first gig booked. We, uh, Simon from Distraught invited us to play with Stratford Mercenaries. That was our first gig. Yeah. And we didn't have a name. And you needed a name for the flyer. So we just ran off a bunch of names until one worked. Yeah. Right? We didn't really think about it. So we just needed a name. So we we just figured one out real quick. And Tulsa Doom just happened to be just, like on the top of your Yeah, oh, of your tongue. I was watching the movie a lot at the time, Conan the, the Barbarian. I was a big fan and I watched the movie a lot and I was like, Oh, hey guys, how about we just name it Tulsa Doom, you know, from like the movie? <laughs> they didn't give a shit. And I was like, fucking fine. Whatever. Yeah, nobody cared. It yeah. was just a name. Yeah. And like, so, anyway, so we met Mike House, who was, um, so like, yeah, Mike House, like, you met, because she worked at, um, Generation Records. Generation Records, which is a very, like, it's kind it, of the hangout spot. All the kids would come out after school and, like, get their daily dose of punk rock. You know, you get your flyers at the record store, and you, you know, you'd come down to the basement where the used records were, and all the seven inches, and you know, I'd play cool records that came in. So yep. all the kids came in after school to hear hear what yep. the new seven inches were. So, so what were the cool records back then? And what year was this actually? Ninety eight. Ninety seven. Ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. Were the cool records back in ninety seven, ninety eight? All the havoc stuff was pretty much. On, on point at the time, yeah. so like the Code 13s, DS-13, Cap Casualties were big, Al Rotten was like top of the top of the pops. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they were huge. They were huge they were at huge. the time. Um, and like, I was kind of like, big. yeah, like I was in a band called Social Z's before that was like more of a street punk band, and I think... Social Mishaps, yeah. Social Mishaps, so like... I think we both like like let's write stuff that's like we both get you know I was very poli- political at the time and like I was getting into the peace punk heavily like I, I started off in the UK eighty two stuff and then started getting heavily influenced by the peace punk so like the crass and the conflict and the dirt and, and all that stuff so that started playing into my writing as far as lyrics are concerned so we started steering towards political topics. Like racism, gender politics, and women's rights, and shit like that. We also sang about stupid shit like school. Yeah. And how money is stupid. Yeah. Materialism was dumb. Well, like, yeah, I remember, like, Money was the the first song that was like, I wrote that song, like, when I was away, 
and I, I went with my family. My family's Irish. We went to Ireland. We went to Scotland, and um, I met some of the Oi Polloi dudes in Scotland, and uh, I was really inspired by them. And uh, I mean, I was like 14 at this time, but and I wrote this riff for money, and. When I got back, like we played it in the seventh grade, and I was like, "Okay, we can do a fucking seven inch." And and Leora wrote these amazing lyrics for it, and uh, and it just it happened. There was a lot of chemistry. Yeah, there was a lot of natural chemistry in in the writing between the two of us. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like you guys have been in this music for when you guys were really young. So how did you guys get into this kind of music? Uh, Punk and Disorderly 3. That was my gateway record. Three? Yeah. There's a three? There's three of them. Oh. Three, was, three was the one with like the, the punks that were lined up in front of the building with the swastika flags and they were like in front of the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was volume three. Who's on that? Addicts, UK Subs, uh, Vice Squad, Newton Neurotics. Uh, I think Dead Kennedy's around that one too. Interrotics, man. Dude. The Tory song that was on there. Can't Don't believe the everything that you hear with the press. Don't believe. Don't believe. The kid got the Tories. To build on this land. So, yeah, I was. Because they are the enemy. So you got it right All the best working man. And it shows. Unemployment goes in Boston. So good. So, so, you got, so you got into right when punk rock was just awesome at that point. Well, no, because no, that was no, that no. was eighty. Okay, okay, okay. This for, was me, for me, for me. So it. I was in. Okay, I was a little kid, and I was very like I had no older brother, and I got in Nirvana, and then I got so in Nirvana that I read everything that Kirk Cobain said, and he was like, "This is a black flag. Listen to this." And I'm like, it was a black flag. I'm like, eh. I don't like this, but I like punk. Like, I like, I like punk. And then I got Punkorama, volume one. And, um, I'm hearing Rancid. And Rancid led to, like, okay, what are the patches that Rancid have on their fucking jacket? I'm like, alright, nausea. I got nausea. I'm like, alright, whatever. Like, and... Well, being in New York too helped because all that shit was happening. The '90s are, was pretty, pretty, pretty much a hot pot for yeah good stuff. Like the Craze were killing it, the Trunes were killing it, Nausea was killing it, Disassociate was on on point. There was just a lot of really good music going. Yeah, on. and there's Distraught too. Distraught, like Distraught I mean, was like huge. the first show I ever went to at ABC in Rio was uh, the Pissed Us Rotten. And Huzzy Punga. And I was like blown away. You know, like I was like 12 years old. And uh, I was just like, oh, these bands have so much to say. And I want to be in a band that does something like that, you know? Like, I want to write music that makes a difference and is important. And and I, hopefully I did, you know. Yeah. So is that the reason why Pulse Jim started, or was it some, for some other kind of reason? 
we were kids that wanted to be in a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you ba- know what? Everybody else was doing it around us. Why not well, be a part of it? Yeah, well, basically, okay. So, the first time I met Leora was, um, I was in a band called Social Disease. And it was like a street punk band. She was in the mishaps. And we both wanted to open for the casualties. And then the mishaps got to open for the casualties. What year was this? 96? Or 7. Yeah, I was like a fucking little kid. Like, my I band. I just per- got my license, so I had to be 96. Yeah, you're older than me. Yeah. I was a baby of the band, always. But, uh. I was like 12 or 17, but I was very serious. And, uh. And I think Leora, like, saw that. In, oh, yeah. And, uh. And I saw it in her, and she was incredible. And she's, like, an incredible bass player. She played bass in the mishaps. And. She. I remember her coming up to me at, um. A distraught show at CBGB's and um, asking me, like, do you want to be in a band where I'm the singer and you like you're the guitarist? Like, we basically have to put the band together from, you know, nothing. And I said, yeah. And uh, we met Mike Tracy and Mike House. Like, Mike House was the first guy. And he brought Tracy? Yeah, he brought Tracy. Where did John come He came eventually. <laughs> He's not any of the recordings, early recordings. He's not. He has no. a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're so discovering the up. band. Right. <laughs> I played all the guitar in that. On like um, the first seven inch and the second seven inch, the split with distro, like I played all the guitar. You know yeah, which, yeah, which when you think about it, it's a lot of guitar. It's a lot of guitar for for a thirteen year old to be banging out. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty impressive. So were you guys still in school at the time since you were thirteen years old? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I, I I had I had dropped out of high school at that point and moved in with George. So I was her boyfriend. <laughs> and we're talking about George for the casualties, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, for me, no, no, no. I it was a big deal. Like I spent. Um, the day before the, I took the SATs, I spent in the studio with Phil Stoom recording the split with this truck, uh, always getting ready and both human. And then when I got home, my parents were fucking furious because I had the SATs the next day. And I took them and I fucked up. <laughs> and yeah, SATs in one point where I also do. Yeah, no, it felt too much. And they, I was yeah. grounded, and I was supposed to go, like, I couldn't do anything. I was grounded for recording um, the <laughs> both even 10 minutes. Like, I was grounded, like, because of that. No shows? No, like, I can go to shows, I can hang out with my friends, like, I, like, and, th- and then I was allowed to take the SATs again. Because, <laughs> like, you can do that. But, like, I fucked, like, I completely fucked up. Totally fucked up. I can fuck. Doesn't matter. Like that's what I want to do. Like all I want to do is play punk rock, and I did. And but you know. <laughs> so it sounds like such an awesome song that we should definitely play that right now. It's called Both Human by Tulsa Doom. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration. I'm Jack. We're right here with Tulsa Doom in Los Angeles.
sister be proud to bear a daughter Treat men and women with respect Cause neither's better than the other Love is something that you share Not something that you take A man should never violate No woman falsely cry out rape. Let me be a man But having to be a brute Let me hold you in my arms And care for you And comfort you I may be strong in body A two of a heart and soul Love me like a brother I will treat me like a foe
Welcome back. That was Money by Thulsa Doom. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack, and we're out here with Thulsa Doom in Los Angeles. So you guys wrote the song Money before the song we heard before, Both Human. What's the idea behind Money? I Lyrically, I don't know. <laughs> lyrically, it's pretty cliche. Money is the root of all evil. Money is the downfall of our capitalist society. It's the same thing every other punk band's ever said. Yeah. Nothing original. You have to understand that we were fucking kids. We were kids, and we were pretty much reiterating the same buzz topics that all our influences were talking about. So. And now we're grown-ups, but you know what? We're probably younger than you. <laughs> Changing the subject slightly, you guys decided to, uh, well, not decided, but you guys have not played music for a while, and then you guys came back. We always play music. Simon's been a professional musician for years. So Thulsa Doom stopped in 99. Uh, we were in the middle. No, 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 2001. Well, we played our last show, but we, I mean, I guess we kind of, I was already pregnant at that point. Right. We played our last show after I had Ashley at Thompson Square Park. Was, was it Leftover Crack that played that, or was it Still Choking Victim? Uh, at Thompson Square Park show when I got back. Choking victim. It was choking victim. Because I remember that because when we played with Leftover Crack in 2011, Stizza remembered me for yelling at him <laughs> at right. the Thompson Square show. Leora was always a very strong presence. <laughs> and she would vocalize. occasionally yell at people. I would vocalize my opinions. <laughs> Which is very I, think, adamant. I think Leora presented that a little bit better than Simon over here. <laughs> Alright, so what are we talking about? Break. So yeah, we took a break. Um, we were in the process of recording a full length when um, I got pregnant and we couldn't really continue on. I had to take care of my obligations. So that's why we stopped. But Simon kept playing. Yeah. Simon went on and well, you, you went to music school and pursued a music career. Yeah. I will say that, like, if it wasn't for me. <laughs> all the credit there. Yeah. There would. No, no. I don't think Tulsa Doom would be able to get back together because it's like, you know, where did the fucking amps going to come from? Uh, me. Like, where. <laughs> you know, why did Tulsa Doom get back together after all these years? Because Joanne asked us. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like we well, we had talked about it. We talked about it for a while. Like we realized, like in the days of MySpace, like mm. we broke up in fucking two thousand one, and then like we all chilled. And then I remember meeting yeah. people who I went to college with who were like, "Wait, both human? That's your song?" I'm like, "Yeah, I wrote that when I was like, I wrote. I mean, I wrote the fucking music for it, or I wrote the vocals and the lyrics, but like." I wrote the, you know, like that when I was 15. I'm like, what? You like that song? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. It's your most famous song. It's no big deal. I was like, oh shit. Cool. And then, like, I saw it, like, you know, we all saw it, like, on the internet kind of become a bigger and bigger thing. And then 2000, I think we tried to get back together a couple of times. It didn't really work yeah, out. Yeah, we, 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 like I said, we talked about it. It was, it was, you know, we, we were getting a lot of fan mail through the internet, you know, the MySpace, and then some, and as soon as I got onto Facebook, some people found me. I guess the name Leora is pretty unique, so it wasn't that hard to find me. Um, Although I didn't know another Leora. There are not that many. They're I knew, there. I knew one. So, um, <laughs> imaginary girlfriend. So, 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 so people found me, and I, imaginary. I, got, I got a lot of fan mail, and 
I realized that there was an interest that people actually gave a shit because there was a lot of awesome bands in the 90s and I just assumed that we would just kind of get forgotten with the rest of them like the, there were so many bands that got yeah. forgotten Dead Nation who, mm-hmm. who, who thinks of them anymore the great band though so I just assumed that we would just kind of fall to the wayside along with all the others but Gibbs. It didn't. It didn't work out that way. For some reason, we kind of stuck out, and and there was a lot of fan response. So, um, when Steve Ignorant decided to get his cover band together, um, Joanne, the promoter out of New York, decided uh, asked us if Thulsa Doom would like to get back together. Since our first show was with Stratford Mercenaries and Steve Ignorant, it would be kind of a cool thing to get us back together to do another Steve Ignorant s- special. So we did. And it was awesome. And mm-hmm. we had a bigger response than they did, so we decided to stick yeah. to it. I hear this is the first time we're playing in Los Angeles, is that correct? It's true. That's true. Woo! And we're fucking stoked. Because you know what? Like, there was a time where we could actually count the people who liked Tulsa Doom, and that was the MySpace Times, and everyone's from L.A. Like, we've been trying to get out of here since it's true. 98. <laughs> it's true. It seemed like, you know, our music definitely resonated the most um, out here for some reason, somehow. I'm well, the scene's bigger here, I think. It's like, uh, you know, I think the scene in New York is like, New York's a very difficult. I grew up, you know, like, with the exception of Leora, like, the rest of the guys in the band are all native New Yorkers, myself included. And it's a very difficult place to live. And it's like... And succeed. You know, Yeah. And it's very expensive and tough. And, like, it's not a welcoming place for punk rock. And, you know, I'm I'm there because I grew up there. And Lior moved to Philly, which makes sense. And, but, like, here is a great place for punk rock. And, like, we're in this awesome house. Like, we're experiencing it right now. And, like, just check out the live feed of the show tomorrow. Right? Yeah, that brings us to the song called Stick to Being Rich by you guys called Balsa Doom. So what's the idea behind Stick to Being Rich? Well, that's a new song. Um, it's basically kind of like about what I was just talking about. In fact, that's a great way to start talking about it because it's, like, it's basically like about a bunch of bands who we've known who came up at the same time as we did and took a certain path and we did not do that path and we've decided to stay like on the streets like for people that we like and not like put out records that people can't get you know and like if you want to get a record like come see us live and uh or visit my record store in south philadophia yeah What would that record store be called? Sit and Spin Records in South Philadelphia on the corner of 9th and Reed. Right right next to Geno's and Pat's Steaks. It's true, but don't promote Geno's. They're racist bastards. No, they're all racist. You know what? And like, (laughs) I ate... Okay, okay. Off the record? No, on the record. Off off the record, record. but on the record. On the record. Okay, I am not a vegan. He is not. I am a, I, I eat meat. And there is an easy way, if you want to get a cheesesteak, to get a fucking good cheesesteak in Philly and not deal with racism. 
<laughs> do not visit either Pat's or Gino's. Just go anywhere. Anywhere else. Anywhere else, it's true. Donald's, Carl's Jr. Bodega does a better cheesesteak yeah. than Pat's and Gino's. Yeah. But anyway, I used to uh, pretend I was. I never was vegan. Everyone else in the band's vegan. Well, not anymore. No, John, well, no, Tracy was born a vegetarian. He's never touched a slab of meat his entire life. He's a drummer. He's, He's missing out. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck is he? Where is he? Uh, House was a vegan. It's funny. I used to. I was just a vegetarian. I used to make fun of him all the time. The bassist. Yeah, he was. He was a vegan. And I wouldn't let him shit in the in the apartment. Because he farts. Because vegan shits were gnarly. Well, his. I realized it wasn't vegan shits. It was just his. Yeah. Because <laughs> because I'm a vegan. And my shits are not nearly as gnarly. Yeah, he's in there right now, probably shitting his pants. Because of, no, like not because of fear. Because that's what he does. It sounds like it's time to play a song by Tulsa Doom. <laughs> sounds like it's time to play uh, what's the song called? Stick to Being Rich by Tulsa Doom. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration with Tulsa Doom out here in Los Angeles. was Stick to Being Rich by Tulsa Doom. We're here with Tulsa Doom in Los Angeles, and you're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. So where can people find more information about the band Tulsa Doom? Well, we have a Facebook page and a band camp. Tulsa Doom NYC. It's really important that you add the NYC. And I'll tell you why. Because in, back in 98, before the advent of Google, bands... The internet. 
Oh, no, the internet was there. There just wasn't, you couldn't just Google something. You couldn't just Google Tulsa Doom and be like, oh, there's five other bands named Tulsa Doom. That wasn't an option. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was me pretending. I don't think Google even existed back then. I think it was Yahoo and Alta Vista. The, what I was saying, though, is that at, at the same time, actually, I like to go on the record as saying that Tulsa Doom NYC recorded our music before Tulsa Doom, yeah. the Norwegian stone metal band. And those fuckers band. know it. They can suck my fucking dick. And bring it on, man. I'm ready to fight you fucking racist. Because <laughs> who from Norway is not racist? Like, how many black people have you seen today? <laughs> Norwegian Tulsa Doom. Maybe, maybe we should cut that part out, but maybe we shouldn't. How many how many non-racist songs does Norwegian Tulsa Doom write? Yeah, none. Yeah, speaking of that, what what kind of stuff should we expect from Tulsa Doom, like coming up? Oh, or is that a good question? Oh no, it's a good question. <laughs> um, so Simon's in, Simon's Simon's just churning out some fucking solid shit. Yeah, basically, I felt that our last seminar was too complicated. And um, I I want to write, and I am writing one that's fucking like my my favorite seven inch ever released by a punk rock band was Code Thirteen's seven inch called Code Thirteen, <laughs> Go Nothing, and uh, they're like you know I always looked up to them like they're fucking awesome dudes great guys and they were an incredible thrash record and so that's what we're going to write right not to mention Thanks. how important Havoc Records have been, has been to the punk community over the years for all the records that Felix has released for running a distro with every t-shirt and patch I could ever ask for I bought my bullet belt from Felix um, that guy definitely fed the scene throughout the 90s so. and you know what punks it sucks to sit down in a bullet belt. It I really agree. Sucks. Especially if you're a dude. Especially if you're a dude. Especially if you are a dude. I'm guessing you wore bullet belts in your time. We yes. had to. Yeah, we had to, man. Like, there was no way to Talented get the. the <laughs> there was no way to get it, uh, you know, the message across <laughs> without a bullet belt. Yeah. But like, no, I fucking saw Felix Havoc when one of my other bands is playing at uh, Triple Rock. Where he works, and uh, he's just like he's the fucking coolest dude in the world. And Minneapolis is a great city, and they have great record stores. And Raw Extreme Power, noise. Extreme Noise, Extreme Noise, is a fucking awesome record store. It is. And uh, it actually, you know, it's weird. Come I on. can't find later rudimentary peanut records. You can't find any rudimentary P&I records. Why? Well, they're doing re-releases now. <laughs> they are. But even the Southern Lord reissues are kind of hard to find. Originals go for like 50 and up. We can hear it on punk rock demonstration, yeah, so... <laughs> it did. Yeah, we can hear it here, I guess. You know, we can download it illegally. Oh, yeah. Download, just tune into my radio show I called Punk Rock it. Demonstration. <laughs> So I guess it's time to listen to another song because uh, I can't pronounce your name, actually. It's Hebrew, means my light. Leora. So 
Yora has to like pee really bad. That's true. So we're going to take a listen to another song by Tulsa Doom. It's going to be the newest song off of their newest album called The PCP, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we're going to take a listen to Government Pizza by Tulsa Doom. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack, and we're out here with Tulsa Doom in Los Angeles. That was Government Pizza by Tulsa Doom. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We're here with Tulsa Doom in Los Angeles. So, you know, Government Pizza, that sounds like an interesting song to talk about. What's that song all about? It's basically a kind of like mock cross-punk song. Like, you know, it's about basically about like a, 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 a system where pizza's not allowed and um, we want pizza. And... We get pizza, <laughs> and like we want and get what we want, you know. And uh, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that brings up the topic. You guys are known as a crust punk band. How did you guys become a crust punk band? Uh, I know you guys didn't really start off as a crust punk band, but somehow you got labeled as one. I uh, I still to this day call us a hardcore punk band. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really understand where the crust came from, but maybe the logo. I, I, I think the cru- yeah, the logo is kind of hairy. The, the hairy logo. <laughs> That's what it is. The hairy logo. Yeah, we got the crust label. I don't know how we fit into that genre, to be honest. I really don't, because if you listen to the music, it's it's a hybrid of like sh- just fast street punk. Yeah. Pretty much, and always it has been, and always will be, until the next record. <laughs> Fuck faces. 
So are you guys working on a current record right now, or what's the latest EP? Is it just the PC EP? Right now, we just have the PC EP. That's our, our comeback yeah. record. But you know what? This is going to be a better one. Yeah. We're not done. We're not yeah. going anywhere. We've we forged some new relationships with some new and old bands, and uh, there's a possibility of some some projects in the works with some other bands that we admire so yeah you know i don't want to reveal too much and the benefit is you guys started young so when you go back when you got back together you're still young yeah no, it's kind of funny i'm i'm about the age that most of the kids that are making music now are it's really (laughs) funny i remember like we played our first show in in in, um cbb's yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. I'm, I'm talking about our first reunion show oh, in Baltimore, and there's like this girl coming up to me, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like I was so into you when I was like, like 13, and I'm like, "How old are you now?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm at that time." And she's like, "Oh, I'm 30." I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm 28." So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I was a little kid band for you, but like I was a little kid. So, but that being said, a lot of the bands that inspired us, I mean, look at Minor Threat. They were 12, 13, and 14 when they started. Yeah. Well, Minor they were, Threat. Yeah, I mean, they, they were 19. They recorded that. It was, they were old fogies. They weren't old. They were young. They were 19. They no, were they old. They were young teenagers. Old, old fogies. They were old, young fogies. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, I mean, there was a lot of the, the I mean, punk, let's, Punk is a youth-oriented culture, is what it comes down to. The fact that we're old farts still playing this stuff is kind of pathetic. But you kids want to hear it, so we're here and we're fucking giving it to you. But really, it is a kids—it's kids, kids stuff. You know what's interesting is a lot of the older bands are coming back, like The Virus and what are the bands like Misfits and all these older bands are coming back and playing punk rock again. I'll tell you what, when we started was in the late 90s and our inspiration were bands from 10 15 years before us so bands like subhumans conflict crass i mean there really wasn't so now if you look you do do the math 15 years later we are the influence for the new bands you know it's that 15 year period that you wait 15 years and the new generation catches the last thing that happened we just so happen to fall in that category of the last thing that happened for that new generation to look onto as inspiration. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to come back and do that. Now, when we got when we we were playing, when we first started playing, we were playing with bands like Stratford Mercenaries, who again was Steve Ignorant from Crass. We played with Subhumans. Those were inspirations for us, and it, it's just it's just part of the cycle. And I realize now, 15 years later, that we we're just we just fit into that cycle, where the new generation is looking back to the bands for inspiration, and we just fit into that timeline. So that I feel is why we're back. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, how have you seen punk rock change over the years? Um, it hasn't really. No, it hasn't. Which is great. That's a great thing with that scene. It's like I remember like. You know, like I I've played music my entire life, and like with various different bands, and punk or not, and like when Thel's Doom got back together, I was like, oh, 
what is the fucking blog? Where is the, like, what is the internet? Like, no, it's not internet. It's fucking people passing out flyers to each other. It's the same exact thing that it was when we were playing the first time. Yeah. And it's amazing. And, like, I couldn't ask for anything better. No, I mean, I would say even after you've, you know, elevated into the world of professional music, there's something romantic about the DIY scene that's, like, grassroots and real and genuine and honest. And you can play in a basement for 20 kids, and those kids are going to have the greatest time of their lives, and you're going to have the greatest time of your life. And it's not about making money. It's not about, you know, selling records. It's about that moment every time you do it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I guess that that about wraps it up for Dulce Doom. So <laughs> let's take a listen to this one last song by you guys. It's called, what did I write? Desensitized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome song by Dulce Doom. EP, Desensitized. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that song still is very relevant after all these years. Yeah. If anything, more relevant oh. now. Because of things like that. So what's your website, by the way? Uh, we don't have a website. We're kind of old school. So you can find us on Facebook, Thulsa Doom NYC. Or, and we have a band camp, Thulsa Doom NYC. And if you want to buy records, I guess you can hit us up. I don't have anything online because I kind of told the record labels they can do that. I'm out of discography, so the only thing we have is new stuff. But hit us, hit up our record labels for the new music. Which one would that one be? That. So, uh, Rotten to the Core Records, False Cause Records, and Riotous Outburst Records. They all help split release the new 7-inch, which is the only thing that's still in print right now. Very good. So you can check out my website at punkrockdemo.com. We've been listening to Thulsa Doom out here in Los Angeles. And I'm Jack with the Punk Rock Demonstration. Let's take a listen to this one last song by Thulsa Doom. It's called Desensitized. And we'll be back.
We are Thulsa Doom, and you are listening to Punk Rock Demonstration out of L.A. some white lies by Thulsa Doom and you're still listening to the punk rock demonstration so the first part of that interview the microphone fell out and we had to get the audio from the alternative recording methods like the camcorder so that's why it switched from really clear audio to this exotic um, strange sounding audio but anyways at least we got the audio so you got to listen to the interview of Thulsa Doom next week we're going to have some interviews with um, well I don't remember what's up next week but you can check the website, punkrockdemo.com, and you'll find out who's coming on next week. I know that upcoming we've got Craig Lewis, and we've got The Freeze, so and some informal society too. So check out the website, punkrockdemo.com, and you'll find out what's coming up next week and the weeks after that. 
Right now we're going to take a listen to some more punk rock. This next song is by Oi Poloi. It's called Disperse. Life is catching up 
that was The Curse with We're Going Nowhere, and before then we had Action 45, that song's called Tender Ties, Officer Down before Action 45, that song's called Pull the Last Punch, and then we had 46 Short with Nothing Left, and Fester Youth with 925. And you're still listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration, I'm Jack, and I went to the hospital last week, and I'm back, good as new, except I'm having to go back next week, so... Antibiotics are amazing, by the way. I had infections everywhere and took some antibiotics, and now they're all gone. So it's amazing. wonder how long that's going to last. Just thought I'd let you know, in case you were wondering why the website hasn't had updates in a while. That was why. I've been occupied. Anyways, we're going to play some more punk rock. This next song is by Dead Laszlo's Place. It's called Up Against It.
and Michael Nearly cute as me Love and dance, love the rest, love the wonderful life But she left me Yes, I love and the yacht and the yacht all of me So keep an eye on your wife But does this be the reason to leave me alone When you know I'm the one you My boss keeps me working from five to five One more shift, that's his gift for New Year's Day And my salary's always delayed You say I support my football team
some rudimentary penai with inside and then evacuate before them with what happened hardcore the fornicators was before evacuate that song was called x then tower blocks with the crew and me was before the fornicators and the penetrators that song was called money and power and we've got plenty more punk rock i guess we'll take a listen to this next song by monster squad it's called strength through pain
You're listening to a punk rock demonstration with Violent Affair. Oh, 
Kirks with the fifth plague, and then the virus was before them with rats in the city. Violent affair with dying to live was before the virus, and then we heard the Zero Boys before that. That's always called put some lipstick on it. The Zero Boys interview is up on my website, punkrockdemo.com. You can download it off of there, punkrockdemo.com, and you can also go on iTunes and find it. Name of the show is Punk Rock Demonstration. The song before the Zero Boys was by Resist. That song's called Another Day in Paradise. And then the Freeze with Explanation Day. And In Defense with Fucked Up Kids was before the Freeze. Now we're going to take a listen to some new punk rock. Stuff that you've never heard of before. And if you're a band and you don't know if anyone's ever heard your music, you can send it to punkrockdemo.com through the website and I'll put it on the show if it sounds like punk rock sort of like this next song by PC Pure the song's called Psychosis Psychosis <laughs> 
about all the time we have for today. The song you just heard was by Shortside Avenue. That song's called Stick 'em Up. And Kendrick was before Shortside Avenue. That song's called No One. And we'll end it off with 8-2. The song's called Dad. It's another new song that you've probably never heard of before. And next week I'll talk to you again. My show is every Monday from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Pacific time on Mondays and 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. So... Tune in at those times and listen to another new show. Mm-hmm.